Great article by Aaron Portsline sure in was. The Athletic yesterday, yeah. and he he covers the Blue Jackets, by the way. Uh, Porty, what's going on? Hello, Aaron. Welcome back. Good morning, boys. Morning. How are you? Hey, good, good. Now, Torga pointed out your original tweet of the article from The Athletic to me. I read it. Just spot a really, really good angle how you uh, – tell everybody that's listening maybe uh, what you did with these former players because it was just a brilliant written article. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I, I, you know, it's times like this where people watch the team, and I think they have fans, that is, and have genuine questions. What's going on? Why is it like this? I think there have been other times in the in the this franchise's is existence where uh, certain uh, similar articles have been written and needed to be written. I think years ago when I worked for the Columbus Dispatch, we wrote a piece uh, with – scouts from all over the league saying this is what's wrong with the Blue Jackets. This is with the, the stuff you won't hear from the team because they certainly they, they're not going to self-criticize. Uh, but here's what you're watching and why you're watching it. So the idea here was to talk to people who have lived the experience of being a Blue Jacket, to get to I don't know if you get to the bottom of it, but you certainly get their opinions of what it's like to be a Blue Jacket. Why might players be leaving? Why might it be difficult for the team to attract or keep high-end players? And you know, I, I don't like I don't like the anonymous part either. I don't think you should use that very often. But there are times where that's what is required to, to get, get what you need. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what's as a fan, what's so damn frustrating is you look at Nashville. You look at how uh, how long have the Vegas Knights been around? What's this their third season? St. Louis won a cup a couple years ago, and you look so at that and you go, "What's yeah. what is the difference between the franchises?" So, what did you find out from these three former uh, Blue Jackets? Yeah, well, it was a it was a wide ranging discussion about a number of different issues. I mean, Tortorella, what it's like to be a pro athlete in Columbus. I think the overarching issue uh, that many of them or, or all of them sort of touched on at some point is that the organization maybe needs to find a way while, while uh, you know allowing that it's not an international destination. It's not. New York, Los Angeles. In hockey world, it's not really Toronto, Montreal. These are the hot points on the map. So what can Columbus do to sort of elevate its profile to attract these players and to keep them? I think the, I think you can say fairly that uh, interpersonal skills, negotiation approaches, these sort of things, uh, keeping veteran players rather than trying to continually replace them with young, unproven players, et cetera. So it's the opinion of three players, uh, veteran players, and we went out of our way to find guys that do not have an ax to grind with the organization because we didn't want it to get personal either. Yeah, what did they say about the city itself? Because I just pointed out, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, Columbus, they'll never win. St. Louis is a pit, and they just won a uh, championship a couple years ago. So what did the players say about the city specifically? Well, it's funny, yeah. And, and I think their their issues, honestly, are more about organization than, than location. It's more about the team than it is the city. Uh, all of them agreed. Like, when they ended up either ending up in Columbus, however that occurred, it was, it was, oh, okay, Columbus. You know, I have not heard great things, but we'll see. And then they get here, and they love it. They absolutely sure. Um, I think part of it is 
frankly, its reputation of city. City, it does not have the cachet of a Los Angeles. So if you're a 20-year-old who's now making six million dollars, maybe you're looking to play in, on near a beach or in a major market. Yeah, and I understand um, that. You know how, how kids think. Yeah, older guys love it. I'm 51 years old. Guys, I love it here. It's one. It's a wonderful place to be. I care about affordable housing and great traffic. These guys don't care about those things. <laughs> sure, right? it's not a concern. Um, so it, that's something that they have to rise above. But I don't honestly think that's a major issue. You mentioned St. Louis. I think Columbus is sort of in that mushy middle in terms of places to be in the NHL. It's just how do you how do you make it the place the players want to be above and beyond sort of the inherent uh, situation that occurs here. The uh, Athletics' Aaron Portsline is with us this morning. So that's the city. So that came out kind of, that's okay. Unless you're a young hotshot and then you want the bright lights of, you know, L.A. or New York. Okay, Torts, let's start there and we'll work our way up. What was their take on Torts, be, you know, anonymously? Well, I think overall kind of a mixed bag, but, but pretty complimentary. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's, it's stuff you hear... From players all the time. I think the the way that fans and certainly our friends on Twitter see Tortorella is, is just this outrageous, uh, vitriolic, confrontational, constantly um, a source of, of, of anger and, and ranting and raving. And most of the players who play for him really respect the way that he coaches. It doesn't mean they always like it. It, of course, at some point they have issues with him. It's, it's, a, it's a confrontational style. But on the whole, they love the way that he holds people accountable, no matter who you are, how much you make, where you were drafted, et cetera. One of the guys did say when asked, what's the first thing you do if, if you're an executive for the team? He said, I hate to say it, but I, I fired Tortorella. And, and acknowledging in this, he's a hell of a hockey coach. But everything does have a time, and I think there are certain guys that are being turned away by his very difficult style to play. So a mixed bag, but on the whole, pretty complimentary for John Tortorella. All right, Porty, I've always been under the impression, and this isn't personal, but when you get a star restricted free agent, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Josh Anderson, who's perfect for the playoffs, by the way, when they're a restricted free agent, just because you have the ability to lowball them because they're restricted doesn't mean you should. There's a lot of teams that will sign restricted guys to six-year deals and overpay them a little bit because they're valued to the franchise. I've always thought Yarmo lowballs guys, and that ticks them off wanting to leave. Is that what they say about Yarmo? Yeah, well, that is the thing that, that that pops up as well. And, and you know, on one hand, they say, you know, veteran players look at those RFAs and they say, hey, kid, you know, you're an RFA for a reason. This is the process. You take your lumps now. Guys like me are getting paid. And the young guys aren't doing that anymore. And you can fight the system all you want. You can say that that's not right and that's not how it should go. But if guys in other markets are getting paid and getting paid quickly and they're not doing it here, you're kind of fighting a fight that no one's fighting anymore. And you wonder about the long-term ramifications that it has with the player and the relationship with the club. I think, on the whole, guys respect Yarmo Kekalainen immensely, his, his hockey knowledge, um, the way that he, that he goes about things. But the negotiation tactics, most of these guys are veterans, so their, their bigger beef was the way that, when they were up and, and, and it came time to extend them, it was sort of like, 
here's the offer. We're not going anything over this. We've got young kids that can take your job. Thanks for coming. Not exactly putting your arm around somebody and saying, it's you and me together, kid. We can do great things in this city. Let's be a partnership. It's, it's more of a confrontational uh, style than it is a, a warm relationship. Sure. So maybe that's something that needs to improve. Yeah, because a player wants to be wanted. You know, ultimately, they're human beings, and you don't want to, if your deal's up, you want to, hey, let's work it out if you, you want to feel wanted. Yeah, and let's be honest here. This is a huge topic. Contractual issues now for this team are absolutely immense because of all the things that are coming around the bend this summer. A number one, the big enchilada, no question, is what does Seth Jones want to do? And I, you can't, you're not in a position right now to negotiate with Seth Jones. You are in a position now to keep Seth Jones and whatever that takes. And so it's not going to be what is the market value for Seth Jones. It has to be what is this market's value for Seth Jones. And even if you overpay him by, I don't know, a million, two million a mm-hmm. year, it, that is, for me, well worth the psychological cost and the, the the loss of talent if that kid gets away. Hey, Porty, do you just see at the end of the season, Torts contract runs out? There's not much talk about it, obviously, when it runs the date, but you see him just taking a job and there's no firing. It's just contract runs out, he goes elsewhere. I'm and moving we on, move, yeah. Yeah, and the team moves on. That's the sense I'm getting, and, and it's, it's going to be mutual, too. Like, I, I, I do think if you watch this team this year, you see a coach that is that's frustrated with the system here. Let, let, let's be honest. This team was not good enough, A, to begin with. B, once the Dubois trade happened, it's a horribly flawed roster. Um, there's talent there, but not enough to compete and, and not a very well-framed roster. There's major holes, especially down the middle. I think he's ready to move on. I think the team is ready to move on. They're going to get ever younger, and they're going to have a new voice behind the bench next season. I'm almost sure of it. Porty, it's funny because it'll be interesting. Yeah, we talked a year ago, and we go, "Wow, how great is it? This team's got two number one goalies every year." And now, though, it's I don't know if we have a number one goalie. (laughs) Well, I think you do. I think Elvis Merzlikens is the number one goalie. If he's healthy, but, you know, you want to yeah. see a guy play 40 games without, you know what I mean? 100%. And they may have waited a summer too long. I will say this, though. It was really hard to move a goalie last summer with all the guys in the free agent market. I'm not sure it's going to be that different this summer. There's a ton of guys coming, a ton of guys available. If you ask me, it's Elvis Merzlikens you can keep. I think that kid has absolute star potential and and but i'm not sure what the return is is for corpusalo it may have to be part of another trade uh, to have a significant return corpusalo has not had a great season yeah i think there's an understanding around the league that maybe the blue jackets aren't the easiest team to play for this year but th- this is not how you want to go to the trade market for sure yeah they've been bad defensively too so they that's not just on Absolutely. the goalie yeah so before we cut you loose here aaron tell everybody and i'm going to take a shot igor okay. chinnikov did i get that right you know what you did it about as well as it can be done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've been told the last name is chinnikov chinnikov Okay. Yeah. The emphasis on the on the uh, center uh, ah, syllable there. Cough. 
Yeah, so it's, it's an interesting cat. I mean, I loved it last year at the draft when they drafted him, and these people, and I'm not a draft expert, but even I was like, who? Who did they draft? And there are draft experts who spend their entire year on this who are like, he's not in my book. Um, I don't know what to tell you. Imagine imagine Mel Kuyper being stumped yeah. in the first round of the NFL draft. Um, yeah, so they love this kid. I talked to his KHL coach, Bob Hartley, won a cup with the Avs many years ago. Um, he thinks he needs a couple years in the minors, and this is his KHL coach. But there, he's got an incredible shot. He is a precocious kid who wants to do great things. And credit to him, it appears that he's willing to play in the American Hockey League if he needs to. After he pays off the mob. Players I'm not coming unless I can play in the NHL. So yeah. He's going to be here next year. With a payment to the Russian version of Joey Knuckles. <laughs> he's got to keep his family safe. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to stay out of that one. <laughs> well, I tell you what out there, everyone. If you don't have a <sighs> subscription to The Athletic and you like the Blue Jackets, there is deals out there. It's worth the price of an entire year, this article. Great job, Porty, and thanks for joining us buddy great stuff well thanks guys i really appreciate it thanks for having me